All right. Is it Kuyamora? Mwa Shibukeni. Mwa Zukabwanji. Buenos Dias. Uh, that's about all the languages I know. Bom dia. Portuguese. Um, I don't know any of those languages. Well, only Bimba. Um, Christina told me somebody might be coming this morning because she told them there's a missionary from Zambia teaching, so I'll speak Bimba for you. Okay? Is it okay? Um, Bible verse, eh? Romans 6.23. Pantuichilambu chaluembu nimfwa. Romans 6.23, you know it, eh? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Pantuichilambu chaluembu nimfwa. Amen. <laughs> Turn to Matthew 7. All right, so I've proven I'm a missionary to Zambia now in case that visitor has come. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, we're going to read verse 1 through 5 and talk about rules for judging. I don't know if Pastor Mike has taught you rules for judging. Maybe he has. I don't know. Maybe I should have looked on YouTube to see. But we all judge all the time. That's, that's kind of what we're made to do. Kind of. Because I'm going I'm to read a verse here in a minute in Job that says um, that the, the ear trieth words as the mouth tasteth meat. You know, when you put something in your mouth, you're supposed to judge it. Right? You know, you put it in your mouth and you judge, is this good, is this bad, do I need to spit it out, is it, you know? You put it in your mouth, you immediately judge. Your ear is made to, to test words, to see, is this the right word? Is this, is this the wrong word? Is this a good opinion? Is this a bad opinion? We're kind of made to judge. But yet, almost every week in Zambia, someone tells me, judge not. The Bible says, judge not. Right? That's what they say. Matthew 7, let's read it. <clears throat> Matthew 7, verse 1 through 5. We'll read and then we'll pray. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. Verse 2. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Verse 5. Thou hypocrite! <laughs> First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. In other words, if you're not a hypocrite and things are straight in your life, then you're capable of judging, basically. Amen? <laughs> That's the tricky part. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the morning that we can gather together around the Bible. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. Lord, thank you. No greater friend... Uh, is there than him and, and to have given his life for his friends. And Lord, we pray you'd give us light on the passage today and on all the, the topic that we're going to discuss. Uh, guide my lips, Lord. Help me not to say anything that's a mistake uh, accidentally or on purpose or for any reason. Lord, just uh, help us to find the truth here in the scriptures and put it all together uh, through your guidance. And I pray you'd bless the hearers, Lord. Help them to have ears to hear. And uh, help all of us to be obedient to the word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So turn over to Job 34. Let's read that one that I was talking about. Job 34, 3. <clears throat> Job 34. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. I don't know. But I, at w one time I was, I, was, I was at a church and 
I had, a, I had a, a disagreement with the guy I was staying at his house. As a matter of fact, I had had shoulder surgery on this shoulder, not this one, and he wanted to play pickleball. Do you know what pickleball is? It's kind of like tennis, kind of. It's a racket sport. And I told him, I said, I can't play that game. I just had shoulder surgery. But meanwhile, he's setting up the court. You know, he wasn't listening to me. And when it was all set up, he said, are you ready to play? I said, I told you I can't play. I just had shoulder surgery. And he, he called me a name. Amen. You know, it wasn't imbecile or idiot or something. Knucklehead. He said, you knucklehead. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not third grade, amen. I, I'm in my 50s. You're in your 60s. Why are you calling me names? And he said, oh, well, I don't mean anything by it. And I, and I gave him this verse. Verse 3. For the ear trieth words as the mouth tasteth meat. <laughs> amen. I think if you call me a name, you mean it. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you you don't do, but but it's true. Everyone's very lighthearted with their words, aren't they? But your ear is made to test the words the person speaks. Your mouth is made to test meat. Those are judgments. That's what they are. Those are judgments. So when you read in Matthew seven, you know many people take take the take verse one, judge not that you be not judged, to mean you should never judge anything or anyone or anything. But it doesn't work. You know, you're driving down the road, and you come into the traffic light. And you have to judge. Is it red or is it green? Amen, Jan? Because hey? he's been in a situation where the guy doesn't obey the light. Amen? You're supposed to make judgments almost every day. You, get, you wake up, you decide what clothes to wear, you make a judgment. You know, you look at your wife, you make a judgment as to what she's wearing. Isn't it? You just do. And, and I'll give you guys some advice. Amen? This is marital advice. When she asks you, does this make me look fat? You say, you look beautiful. Amen? If it makes her look fat, you don't say. Right? That's a very dangerous question. Does this make me look fat? She's asking you to give a judgment, and you just say, you look beautiful. You're welcome. I will not charge for that marital advice. <laughs> but back in uh, Matthew 7, come back to Matthew 7. The key to Matthew 7 is verse 2. It's it's, it's right in front of the guy's face, but the guy who's telling you, judge not, <laughs> has never read verse 2 and, and probably never read much of the Bible, more than likely. Verse 2, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. So in other words, verse 1 says, don't judge unless you're willing to be judged with the judgment you use. That's all. That's all. It says, look, if you're not willing to be judged, if, if you're a very harsh judge... And you don't, and, and, and you know, you're very tender and gentle and you can't be judged by the same judgment you use, then stop judging. Right? If you can't take it, you know. I, I, had a, I had a pastor say to me one day, he said, I sorted out this other missionary, told him what was wrong with him, and he said, I will tell you what's wrong with you if you ask me. And I said to him, I can't take it. I'm not man enough, so don't tell me what's wrong with me, Please. Which is, a, which is a left-handed way of saying, <laughs> who are you to criticize me, basically? And, and he got it. He picked it up. But if you're not man enough to judge someone by the judgment you use, stop judging. Amen? That's rule number one for judging. <laughs> We're not going to go much down that line. But when someone accuses you of judging and they come and say, judge not, you're normally dealing with a person who doesn't read the Bible and doesn't know much about the Bible. So you have to use baby steps with them. But it's best to avoid judging people 
because you, you don't know the motive behind what people do. And that's, that's one of the main problems with judging is the person says, I think they did that because of this. And you don't know why they did it. You may be shocked. But people think, oh, I, I know this person. I know their character. They did that because of this. In the Bible, that's not a wise thing to do. But the Bible constantly says to judge things. It does. We're going we're to see it here in just a moment. The New Testament is clear. You have to judge things. But if you, if you try to judge a person and their motives, many times you misjudge. And you, you give poor judgments. Especially like this. I'll, I'll give you an example. Eh? I hope you can take it. Um, when I was young, I was in my earlier mid-twenties. I was working at the bank. And on TV came this Ford Bronco driving very slowly down the freeway in Los Angeles or California. Does anybody remember, does anybody remember this? And you know, this was O.J. Simpson driving very slowly and all the police were following him. Does anyone remember this? And um, we were at the bank and you know, I'm counting money and this is on the TV and, and everyone's giving their judgment, eh? Everyone's giving their judgment about this and that and the other. And, um, and they said, Mike, what do you think? And I just said, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. And they said, what? And I said, it's a Bible verse. It's a Bible verse, eh? If you're innocent, you stand there and you say, I'm innocent. Amen. Now we're preaching, amen. You run away and you, run away and you do something like that when you're guilty. You're welcome. That, that's a judgment, amen. Now, if you don't know anything about the history of that, you go review the YouTube about the glove and all those things. It's up to you. <laughs> Number one, back to the Bible, amen. But that's a Bible verse. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. The righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous man stands there and says, you can't prove it, I didn't do it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6. The Bible clears up a lot of things. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1 through 5. Christians must judge things according to these verses here. This is the New Testament, the New Testament church. And according to these verses, the Christian must judge. Verse 1. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Now let me clarify. These guys are in the same church, obviously. So it says in the same church, these two guys differ on something. Maybe one is defrauded, the other one in a business deal or, or a money deal or something. And it says, why would you go to law when, when you can bring it before the church, before the saints? <laughs> Verse 2. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? <laughs> and if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Verse 2 says, you can judge little things. Verse 2 says, you should judge. Verse 3, know ye not that we shall judge angels, how much more things that pertain to this life. You're constantly judging things that pertain to this life. Verse 4, if then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Verse 5, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that is able to judge between his brethren. <laughs> so Paul says basically in verse 5, if you can't judge a situation in the church, you don't have one wise man in the church, basically. And of course the situation is... I'm sure you know what the situation is in chapter 5, verse 1 through 
5, there's a man who's having an affair with his stepmother. It says he, he has an affair with his father's wife. So it's not his mother, it's his stepmother. And it says no one in the church has judged it. No one, in, no one has said, we need to judge this guy. So Paul says, I will judge the guy. And then I'll tell you what you should do. And I'm sure you, many of you, maybe you've done Bible school and you know, as you come through 1 Corinthians, Paul basically castigates them and rebukes them for all of their carnality and all the things they've messed up. Then you get to 2 Corinthians and this very guy has repented because they, they judged him and they put him out and they left him alone and they didn't go visit him, you know. They didn't go visit him and say, they were too harsh on you. You know, I'm your friend, you know. We've, we've had that. We had, we had a guy that was in our church, and he had done a lot of things. I won't mention what they were. And people were coming to me and saying, we're going to visit him. And I said, I don't think you understand the point of what we did. The point of what we did was to let him get by himself and sit and say, wow, I'm cast out. Why? What have I done? And then he judges himself. And, and in Second Corinthians, this guy comes right. And he's welcomed back in and forgiven. Right? It'd be hard, wouldn't it? Some of us couldn't do it. I don't know if I could do it. Could you do it? That'd be a hard thing. Come back in, brother. <laughs> but you're supposed to. You're supposed to. But um, let's see where I am now. It says it's best to judge a church dispute among brothers in the church, not in court. And then we're not going to go into all this, but basically it says if it doesn't work out, the brother who's been defrauded should just accept being defrauded. Amen? Take up your cross. <laughs> it's hard to keep going to church with the guy. We won't go into that. We're talking about judging. But Paul basically says it is a shame if a, if a local church can't judge something like that. And if the, the local church leadership, or actually Paul says just have the common, the common man. The, what is it, what's the wording there it uses? It says let the least esteemed in the church judge. We, we've done that before. We've had just a common person in church say, you, here's the situation. What, what do you think about it? What do you judge? We've, we've done that before. Now, if you, if you think Paul's speaking sarcastically, that's what some people teach. That's up to you. I don't teach that in that passage. Um, let's see where we are now. In verse 4, it says, If then you, you have judgments of things pertaining to this life. So it's, it doesn't say judge people. <laughs> it says judge the things. So you have a brother there. We're not just picking on this brother and pulling the brother out and saying, we're judging you. We're saying, look, this is the thing you have done, and we're judging that thing. Amen? I mean, there, there are things in life that must be judged. And in that chapter, there's, there's no question as to whether that's right or wrong. It, it, says, it says in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 5, 1, it says, this thing is not even named among the Gentiles, who, of course, at the time, you know, that's like saying... Even pagans know this is wrong. Amen? So if, if even pagans know this is wrong, why is the church not judged? So that's not judging a person. That's judging things. When you judge things, you know, the, the, like, like this. I don't think it happened yesterday. Let me think. It didn't happen yesterday, but since I've been here the last few weeks, I've said to the person, according to your testimony, you're a lost person. And they, they regularly say, you shouldn't judge me. And I say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging you. You gave me a testimony that said you're trusting in your baptism. Or like one guy yesterday, I don't know if Gary was with me. I asked this one guy, how do you know you're going to heaven? And he said, I, I always give back. I, I, I'm a good person. I always give back and help people. And I said, okay, um, 
and I took him through the gospel. I said, now this is what you said at the beginning. According to that testimony, you're not saved. And he didn't say, don't judge me, but many people do. So what I do is this. I say, you go to the doctor, right? And you know what the doctor does. The doctor judges you. You describe to the doctor how you feel. You say, I have these, these symptoms. And the doctor looks at the symptoms and he makes a judgment. And that, that's what I do when I talk to a person evangelizing. I say, listen, I've asked you these questions like a doctor to see if you're sick spiritually and you're a lost person. I've asked you these questions and the conclusion is you're a lost person. No one's judging you. We're judging your testimony. It's a, it's a thing. We're judging a thing. But the, the, the same is true of like heresy in the church. You know, if, sometimes you have a brother in the church and he believes some terrible heresy or false doctrine. Or you, have, or you have the false teacher on TV. You know, we have this a lot in Zambia, you know. And the WhatsApp status, wow, it's just, the WhatsApp status is just, it's the best for illustrations, eh? The, the, you know, I, some of my young people, they'll post a WhatsApp status of a preacher and I'll say, this is complete heresy. And, and my young people know not to say, don't judge. <laughs> because they've been taught, you're supposed to judge the preacher. That, that's, that's what we want you to do. Come to 1 Corinthians 14. I know you know the passage. In 1 Corinthians 14, we encourage you, when we say something from here, you take your Bible and you judge that. And you say, that's, that's from the Bible or that's false. <laughs> that's what we want you to do. I'm in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 29. And of course, the chapter is on speaking in tongues in the church like I did earlier. Amen. I spoke in a tongue and I told you what I was saying. I didn't have an interpreter. Forgive me for that, but no one here knows Bimba. So that wasn't exactly like the passage. Forgive me. Verse, <laughs> verse 29. Verse 29. Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. Who are the other? That's you. That's you who are sitting there, right? So it says, today we're going to have two people, I think two people speak, right? I'll speak this hour, someone else will speak the next hour. Let the prophets speak. And of course, the prophet is a, the New Testament, where it's talking about prophesying here, is a man holding up the Bible and preaching from the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is the book of prophecy. <laughs> and you prophesy within the limitations of the Bible, saying like what Pastor Mike teach in, teaches in Revelation Sunday nights. These are the things coming. The prophecy comes from the book. Not this thing of somewhere over here on the right side, there's a person with an injured hand. <laughs> you know? I just feel like over here someone has cut themselves in this area. You know, you know, that's not prophesying, no, you know, or, or the thing we saw on the WhatsApp status the other day, a lady had posted three years from now, you'll be driving your dream car, living in your dream house in Jesus name. That's not a prophecy. No, if you want to read a prophecy, go to Jeremiah, go to Isaiah, go, go to the book of Revelation, go to Daniel. Even the New Testament, even where we are in this chapter. So the, so the prophets speaking are the preacher preaching from the Bible what is in the book of prophecy. When you come to Revelation 22, it says, If any man add to the words of the book of this prophecy, not just Revelation, the whole book is a book of prophecy. Then it says here, let the other judge. You're supposed to judge the preaching. You're not supposed to sit and say, 
Well, my preacher said this horrible thing this morning, but we don't want to judge him. Touch not God's anointed. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. I'll, I'll be explaining to people, you know, this is what T.B. Joshua said. He said this, and it, it didn't come to pass. He's a false prophet. And they'll say, oh, you can't judge him. And I'll say, no, wait, wait. And then, the, and then they'll say, you should fear. Touch not God's anointed. And I'll say, well... Touch not God's anointed is a nice passage. It says the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and their prophets prophesied and touch not God's anointed. That's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. That, that's not T.B. Joshua. No. No, T.B. Joshua claimed to have the gift of tongues and here's how he spoke English. Cash the fire to the east and to the west. You know, that's not, cash the fire, that's not English. That's not English. And people say, it's not his first language. And I say, he had the gift of tongues. Don't tell me about his first language. He had the gift of tongues. He's supposed to speak them all perfectly. All of them. Amen. Now we're preaching. Amen. You say, do you worry about talking about him? I don't worry at all. I don't worry at all. I, I asked people. I would, I would go to like the grocery the next day after he died. And I'd say, hey, your prophet died. And he said, he, Jesus died. And I said, whoa, we're not comparing T.B. Joshua to Jesus. Amen. Jesus wasn't a sinner, and he rose from the dead, and, that, and that's what I thought, eh? I thought he'd die, and they'd, they'd do this, raise him from the dead. That's what I thought. I thought he wasn't dead. I thought they're going to raise him from the dead. Here we go. You know, then what are we going to do? But they didn't. Thank God. But can you imagine? Jesus died. Wow. But that, that shows where we are, eh? That shows somebody, somebody is not taking the man who says, I am a prophet, and judging what he says. Because I would sometimes just watch... Emmanuel TV, 45 minutes, just to get angry, amen? Because the, the, guy, the guy can talk 45 minutes and not give you one Bible verse. But all this self-improvement stuff, you know, of, you know, it's so good to improve yourself, not crucify yourself. But you, when there's a false teacher, you're supposed to judge the false teacher and say, this is a false teaching, this is a false teacher. Why are we prophesying about if Chelsea's ahead of Bayern Munich at halftime anyway? That was one of my favorites. Chelsea will be ahead of Bayern Munich in the Champions League by 1-0 at halftime. And I'm like, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel? Has there ever been a prophet who spoke like this? But the problem is the, the man preaches nowadays and the people say, don't judge. <laughs> and the passage there says, everyone sitting there should, should make a judgment. Where are we now? Um... We've already gone past 1 Corinthians 5, but back in 1 Corinthians 5.13, Paul said this. He said, put that wicked person out of the church. That's the man they were judging, or the thing about him they were judging in that case. Now I'm going to quickly give you just some, some rules for judging. Ready? <laughs> oh, I don't like these rules. Oh. You know, the Bible goes against what you are and what I am. Amen. You know you've got two natures, right? Maybe some, that's a problem. A lot of people get saved. I remember when I was young, when I was little, you know, I'd, I would hear about a person getting saved and I would say, but they still sin. <laughs> and they, they don't have this thing sorted out that there's a natural man, a carnal man, and there's a new man. There's a new man that doesn't sin, but the problem is you live in the, the flesh, in the old man geographically. And, and when I read these, I, I realize I, I make mistakes on these rules. Like number one, don't judge too quickly. 
I've done that before. (laughs) Many times you hear a story, you make a judgment about something, then a little time goes by and you see it's totally opposite to what you thought it was. (laughs) And the story is not the first story you heard. The story is completely different. But you made, a, you made a judgment and you think, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, <laughs> I know that person, though. And I thought that when I heard that happen, I knew what they did. And I knew. <laughs> and you're wrong because you judged too quickly. <laughs> so let some time pass. Don't judge too, too quickly. Things may turn out differently. It's, it's just unwise to judge too quickly. Number two, <laughs> I, I don't like this one at all. Don't judge if you are not forced to judge. Ah, it's a good rule. It's a good rule, but to follow it. If you, look at, if you look at things this way, then you'll understand how much all of us judge constantly. <laughs> Don't judge unless you're forced to judge. Because basically everything that comes up in life, we, immediately, you know, we, we just immediately judge it. Now, I know some of you are sitting there going... Not me. <laughs> and, and, and you're probably the worst. <laughs> yeah. If, if you can't, you know, diagnose yourself and say, this is, this is the flesh, this is what I naturally am, then you're probably not quite sorted. But, but some people, you know, you, you ever sit down to talk to someone and you're like, whoa, this person, they just judge everything. They just criticize everything. They're just overly critical. And you, th- and you think, how can I get away from them now? Wow, this is going to be one hour. This can be one hour. It's like, whoa. But don't judge unless you're forced to judge. The overcritical spirit, mm, is it, that's the one I know that people want to pull out. Judge not. I, I understand that. But Jesus gave that illustration in Matthew 7 about the man. You know, he's got a very small splinter in his eye <laughs> and he sat down to talk to the guy with the very big I, I've, I've sat down with that guy and, and you know you're, you're discussing the situation and he says this is what you ought to do I'm like <laughs> would you please pull that thing out of your eye thank you I wasn't asking you for advice thank you you know the guys judged your situation you know how many <laughs> how many of you have seen the um the marriage video called it's not about the nail you never seen that? Wow, that's worth watch 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 this later. It's called It's Not About the Nail. And there's a, a husband and a wife, they're sitting with their backs to you. And they're sitting on the couch and she's telling about maybe a situation at work or something. And he says, This is what you should do. And she goes, There you go again. And he and he says, She says, I, I have headaches. All my sweaters have um what do you call that? When the yeah, that, you know, all my sweaters have these, you know, uh, pulls. And, and she turns her head and she has a nail in her forehead. <laughs> and he's trying to tell her, don't you think the headaches would go away if you'd take that nail out? And she goes, there you go again. There you go again trying to fix it. Would you just listen? <laughs> and he says, but you know, the sweaters, you know, they get pulled on the nail. And, 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 and she goes, just stop. And he goes, okay, okay, I'll, I'll just listen. And so he just listens, you know. And she goes through all these things once again that obviously the judgment is she has a nail in her head. But you know, in marriage, the lady doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. Amen. Wow, that's hard to do, eh? Because you're constantly judging, saying, I'll tell you what the problem is. That coworker of yours, you need to tell them this and tell them that, you know. And the, and the lady's just like, 
well, then I'll get fired, and then I just want you to listen, you know. But, but that's, once again, that's sometimes overjudging. <laughs> but that lady, of course, didn't want any judgment made about the nail she had in her head. But go home and watch that. That's a fun video. Come to, come to Romans 2. Romans 2, verse 1. Don't judge unless you have to judge. And this is one reason why. Romans 2, verse 1. Ready? Romans 2, 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Wow. I, I do that a lot, eh? And if you're married, your wife will point it out and say, now wait a minute, you judged that thing and now you're judging the same thing. And I'm like, don't try to fix it. It's not about the nail. Just listen. Verse 21. Verse 21 and 22. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest, preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Verse 22. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest or hates idols, Dost thou commit sacrilege? <laughs> so th the best thing to do is not give a judgment unless you must give a judgment. <laughs> and many times, when you give a judgment, you just judge yourself. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it says, judge not, for with the same judgment you judge, you will be judged. So a lot of evil speaking and gossip about people is from judging things they don't need to judge. Come to James 4. James chapter 4, verse 11. James chapter 4, verse 11. <clears throat> James 4, 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. <laughs> Speak evil, evil of your brother and speak evil of the law. In other words, if you're not 100% sure that a person has done something wrong, don't judge and go around telling people and talking about it because the tongue, I don't know if you, you know, but the tongue can destroy a family, the tongue can destroy a church, and the tongue can destroy a nation. You know, you know Adolf Hitler, all he did was say words. That's all he did. He didn't, he, Adolf Hitler didn't shoot anyone. He, he spoke words. And the words destroyed people. So the tongue is a world of iniquity. Sometimes people ask me, well, what do you think about this? I, I remember, it was, a, it was a couple of years ago, a guy asked me and he said, what do you think about this situation? And I, I didn't want to make a judgment. So I just said, oh, I don't, I don't know very much about it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> a man asked for advice about a thing and and if it's something that you, you don't want to give advice about, don't give advice about it. I was telling Garrett the other day, he asked me a question, and, I, and, and when I was young, I'd just answer, you know. And now sometimes I hesitate a long time. And a lot of times I avoid the, <laughs> I avoid the answer. <laughs> and, so, and it's not because I don't want to make a judgment sometimes, it's just because I, I don't know. Or I, or I don't want to act like I know everything. I don't know everything. Number three, don't judge based on only one side of the story. Come to Proverbs 18. And this is, this is the classic one. The person comes to you and tells the story, 
And if you're, if you're not a wise person and a Bible reading person, you just jump on their side and, and they've told you a complete lie. The whole thing they've told you is totally false. Proverbs 18, 17. Proverbs 18, 17. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. I used to know a pastor in the USA, and he was, a, he was an incredibly great preacher and teacher. But in church problems, if someone got to him first, he always believed them. And this verse says normally the guy who's first is just trying to cover up the bad situation and the bad thing he's done. Then the truth comes out later. And even though that was a great pastor in many ways, in church things, he didn't handle them right. Because he believed the first person. And the other person would come later, and they were obviously, normally, the person in the right. So if you, if you believe the first person in their side of the story, stop judging. You're, you're not a good judge. Stop. <laughs> Rethink your life if you believe the first person that comes with their side of the story. The first account is usually an account of, of you know, here, let me cover up what I've done. There, aha, uh-huh. now let me go tell the story of this. You know, you always tell the story to make yourself look good. Have you ever noticed? You just leave out some little shade or some little detail, and when you tell the story, ah, you you smell like a rose. That's nice, but that's not what happened. (laughs) Amen, amen. Supposed to be teaching, not preaching. Let me see here. Let me see. I'm almost. I'm almost finished bothering you. Um, (laughs) Let's see here. Let's go to number four. Be merciful when you judge, if you want mercy when you're judged. That, that's, that's obvious in the Bible. That's, that's James 2.13. Did we read it? I think we read it. Let me see. Or did we read James 4? Come to James 2.13. Let me be sure here. No, we've not read James 2.13. Come to James 2.13. Be merciful when you judge. James 2.13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So if you want mercy in your life, judge people gently, not harshly. <laughs> and and we've all met we've all met the people we've all met the the person who they judge every situation harshly. <laughs> and I tell you what I would do. I, this is what I would do if that happened. And you should go tell them that. <laughs> and I sit there and think, wow. Okay, well um, what about mercy? <laughs> what about going a little bit easier on the guy? If you want someone, I've had so many times, haven't you had so many times where you've done something in your life and the Lord has gone really gently on you and really easy on you and you just think, wow, this, I deserve for this to come out the wrong way and the Lord judged me very gently. So you, ought, you should pass that on. But the, the moral of the story is in Matthew 7, you will be judged with the same judgment you use. So be careful how you judge. Amen. All right, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, help us with the, this thing. Lord, we know it's a, it's a constant thing in life to, to have to judge so many situations and, and just uh, so many things in life. Lord, help us to be careful, especially with uh, controversial things and with um, disputes among people and in family. Lord, just please help us to be careful uh, to to follow the word and to be merciful and to be gracious and, and gentle with people as we'd have uh, them to be with us. And uh, bless the word as it was taught in the hour to come. Uh, we pray that uh, the Lord Jesus would be glorified in all things. We ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.